0: Today we're discussing page 25 of the Revenge of Kang. I don't want to distract you at all today. I want you to feel this one because Ford's Furies have just been found semi-guilty by the Tribunal of the Kokri, and so they have to participate in three different tests, three different ordeals to prove their actual innocence. The first one is just about to begin, and so as we're joining Ford's Furies about to face the ordeal, I just want to let the action speak for itself. Quote, five Kokri come and lead you out of the isolated hut and back into the main compound where the entire tribe seems to have once again assembled. Your first ordeal is the trial of skill. The Kokri hands you a long, soft staff. This is a Roku, one of the ancient weapons used by our people. Off in the distance, you can see a pair of large Kokri deftly spinning Rokus overhead. So here you are, the big, soft staff, flopping before you as your hands tremble. One of the Kokri explains the rules of the ordeal. Your team has to select two champions. They'll represent the entire group in the ordeal. You two just do it, and if you fail, the spirits must hate those other guys too. The Kokri have also selected two champions. These are the two mighty Kokri that you see before you, spinning their Rokus overhead. You're lucky that the Kokri caught you and you're only fighting with Rokus. If the Separatist female Kokri tribe had caught you, you'd be fighting with Amazon fire sticks. The rules are simple. Your two champions will go into a large, fenced-in arena. It's a square, five areas on a side but there are chalk lines, one area from the edge on both sides. One of the combatants from each team always has to stay behind their chalk line, and they can't come out from behind it until the other member of the team goes back over the line. It's like tag team wrestling. Only the two fighters who are in the main arena over the chalk line can engage each other. You can only hit each other with the Rokus, the big floppy Rokus. If you use any other form of attack, you're disqualified. They're going to throw you in a well. Guess which one? A Roku inflicts either good damage or damage equal to the strength of the fighter, whichever is higher, which is not the way melee weapons normally work, but a Roku is no normal melee weapon. If only super strong characters like Ironblood had known that big soft floppy weapons were the way to unlock their true potential in melee. All combatants have to stay in the arena. You're not allowed to fly. You stay on the ground in the chalk square. Battle continues until one of the fighters is knocked unconscious. When that happens, their side loses. Finally, and this part's important, All four combatants are blindfolded, and this is represented out of game. Quote, During the combat, don't allow the players playing the heroes in the arena to see the battle map. Instead, they must rely on directions shouted to them from their friends outside the ring, the other players. Every time one of the PCs tries to shout instructions to a comrade in the ring, roll 1d10. On a roll of 1-3, to the shout was lost in the crowd noise and didn't reach the heroes in the arena, unless of course one of the heroes has some type of enhanced hearing power. So it's loud, it's raucous. These people want to see soft, floppy action. The Kokiri have their fists in the air and they're chanting, Pool noodle! Pool noodle! You can barely hear your friends yelling to you as you try to fight blindfolded, directing you where to go. Fortunately, the Kokiri are blindfolded as well. Unfortunately, they've practiced so much at fighting blindfolded that it no longer affects them. Uh, They get a penalty to their attack rolls, but they know exactly where they are all the time. And they can just move right over to you and attack. Every time you want to attack, if you're the chosen champion, you have to describe in detail where you move. For example, quote, I'll move two areas to the left and swing around to attack the area behind me. But you have to do all this at the direction of the other players, because you can't see the battle map that you're on. All of the blinded combatants suffer a minus three column shift penalty to their attacks, but the Kokuri combatants are masters of the Roku and receive a plus one column shift bonus when fighting with it, lowering their penalty to minus two column shifts. It goes on to say that they have the same stats as other Kokri, which means that with that minus two column shift, these masters of the Roku wielded with poor ability. This may be a very long ordeal. The rules go on to say, quote, it is impossible to kill someone with a Roku. Yeah, no shit, I'm blindfolded. Any combatant reduced to zero health is automatically unconscious and need not make the usual endurance feat roll. So you need to pick two champions from your team, and then it's just a matter of the player of that champion sitting there effectively blindfolded themselves, not able to see the battle map, and the other players look at the battle map and yell at that player. Well, I guess they don't have to yell in real life, although they probably will. They'll get into role-playing it. They have nothing else to do. They yell to you where you are. Then you explain where you're moving. They they tell you, I guess, move two areas to your left and turn around and attack the person behind you. And then the judge turns to the person playing the champion and is like, what do you do? And the champion is like, I move two areas to the left and turn around and hit the person behind me. And then you make a roll to hit them with the pool noodle, but you make this roll at minus three column shifts because you're blindfolded. So if you happen to be, for example, merely a remarkable fighter, like a very good combatant, who is not like a master martial artist or a top-tier superhero combatant, uh, then you'll get a three-column shift down to excellent, to good, to typical, which means you'll hit like 50% of the time. If you're not a remarkable hand-to-hand combatant, you are in trouble. And I don't mean in trouble because you're going to lose this match. You might, but keep in mind that the Kokiri are only rolling a pour to hit you as well. The trouble you're in is that this might take for fucking ever. The Rokus do either 10 damage or equal to your strength, You're not going to hit very often with these Rokus unless you're a very talented fighter. The Kokri also aren't going to hit you very effectively or for very much damage. And this shit continues until someone is unconscious and there's a partner. So if you are near unconsciousness, you can always run back to your side of the arena. Granted, it might be a little bit difficult to make your way there blindfolded. You can't yell to your friends, hey, how do I get back to my side of the arena? But hopefully they'll notice that you're in dire straits and let you know. You can tag the other person in and then... After having your hit points laboriously whittled down by 10 damage attacks that only hit less than half the time, the Kokri have to get through the hit points of a whole other superhero for you to lose this. And likewise, if they tag out at the right time, you might have to work your way through as much as 130 health with a pool noodle. Fortunately and unfortunately for our heroes, Ford's Furies, they actually have an excellent champion for this battle, Ironblood. Due to his blood's high iron content, Iron Blood has a number of decisive advantages here. Number one, he's an excellent fighter. It's hard to explain how iron in the blood contributes to that. Uh, you wouldn't understand. It's related to chi. But anyway, he's very strong, and he has body armor of 50. His body is extremely durable and resistant to damage because of his blood's high iron content. So uh, these these Rokus can't hurt him. He is so blessed with such a bounty of iron-based superpowers that, if you can possibly imagine... He cannot be rendered unconscious with a pool noodle. So he's going to be combatant number one. And then the other one is going to be, I don't know, like this person has to just sit and do nothing. So I guess we might as well choose all ears since he, since he can't move anyway. <laughs> he probably doesn't have the strength to yell. So we'll let him chill out behind the chalk line and then Cub Scout and Scoop can go up to the crowd and they'll yell down at Iron Blood. Hey, over there, two to your left, three to your right, turn around on your six, back it up. Probably what's going to happen, though, is Ironblood is just going to yell at the Kokuri, Hey, I'm right over here. Come get me. Hit me with a Roku. And they'll the Kokuri, being masters of the Roku, will know, Hey, I hear someone saying, here I am. I'd better go over to them and hit them with the Roku. And they will. And if the judge is cool about this and doesn't stretch it out needlessly, this is going to be a slightly long but very funny combat where these two are just going to be standing still and the Kokri master, <laughs> unaware that his blows are doing nothing because he's blindfolded, is just going to be wailing on iron blood with this pool noodle to no effect and getting walloped for like 30 damage apiece by crushing pool noodle blows from iron blood until he falls over. And then we're going to be done. If the judge is not cool about it and the Kokri tags out, they evade once they realize that this is not going well, then we could be here for a really long time because iron blood can't lose, but He is still limited to like a 55% chance to hit every time he attacks, and he can't necessarily find the Kokri. So if they just start ducking him, then we just have to wait for him to find them blind and gradually chip away their health until they're unconscious. This is going to be even worse if you have a character in your particular group who is a clear best choice because they have, for example, typical body armor and or very good fighting, very good strength. Because then you've got somebody who we definitely want them in there and they're almost certain to win, but they can take damage, so they can't just stand there yelling at the Kokiri to come over and, you know, I dare you to hit me with that Roku as many times as you can. Like that—that That is not a good tactic if you're actually taking damage, because they are going to be hitting more effectively than you in certain ways, because they can navigate freely. And in that case, you've got to play defensively, even though winning is almost a certainty. So both sides are playing defensively. And this doesn't end until somebody gets knocked unconscious. The dumbest thing on this page is having this little ordeal end with unconsciousness only. I think this has a lot of potential to be fun, but again, it's structured in a way where there's really one character in the spotlight. I think the coincidence that this happens to be Ironblood for both fighting and reason really shows in our example how this is happening. Ironblood has been doing everything all the way since the Spire, really. And no matter how you set up this encounter, at any given time, at least one player is doing literally nothing. Whoever's behind the chalk line can't yell directions and isn't fighting, so they're doing nothing. And while one player might have fun being the one who can see the map and yelling instructions to the others, if you've got four of your six players looking at the battle map and they're all just in charge of giving the same directions to the one player who gets to have fun and roll dice, that's also not going to go well. And this is going to take forever if the stats line up wrong. So once again, similar to the trial, the mechanical implementation here is very flawed in what could otherwise be... A lot of fun. I mean, I, I love a tag team wrestling match. This could have been great. But as it is, I, I gotta give this two stars. It is no Moon Knight versus Sea Badger. How long this takes all depends on the judge, but the outcome does not. Iron Blood is winning this. He cannot be hurt by a pool noodle, and knocking him out with a pool noodle is the only way for the Kokri to win. So it may take all day and night, but Iron Blood will win. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the team of Iron Blood and all ears. Shh. He's sleeping. With one success under their belts, our heroes return to their hut to await the second of their three trials. Join me next time as we turn away from them for a moment to a different little hut on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big Megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc, etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash Band.